Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, Bobby, this is a building that is right around the corner from Radio Milwaukee. I drive past it all the time, and I always just assumed that it was a regular old fire department. And it's a twofer because there's two buildings. Yes, this is, I should yes. say buildings, right? right? we got a 1900 building and a 1929 building. Looks like a firehouse. Well, one was. Was a firehouse at one point, but no longer. Right. This is the uh, Milwaukee Fire Department Bureau of Construction and Maintenance. Yes. Um, which is, as you said, on Virginia between 1st and 2nd. And they take up pretty much the whole north side of the block there. And the firehouse is from 1900, and it was um, a big firehouse yeah. when it was built. Um, and then next door, they built the um, repair shop and all of that in the late 20s. So these are two connected buildings and currently very busy, very, very much in use. A lot, a lot of room inside. And we're talking all of the maintenance needs for Milwaukee Fire Department pretty much in this one uh, set of buildings. Yeah, and I, they do all kinds of stuff there. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I go past there all the time. And I mean, you can tell there's stuff going on, but I had no concept of just how much was going on in there. I mean, there was a guy in there repairing like a Jaws of Life. There's yep. a guy who um, is a welder and does all sorts of like metal work. There were two guys who run a carpentry shop. There were all kinds of vehicles being repaired, so all kinds of mechanics and that yeah, kind we, of thing. Yeah, we saw these fire trucks up on these big like hoists, and people were working underneath them. Yeah, and that's, it was, a, that's a leap of faith. It right was there. interesting <laughs> seeing a fire truck like on on a lift. Yeah, and people yeah. People working underneath it. But there's a paint shop. Yep. There's also um, a two person crew that um, is like a sewing department. Yes. And they sew uniforms. They make belts. They make straps. They sew Leather. tarps for the um, for the fire trucks. They do leather work. You know, there was. Um, a guy who is in charge of all of the tanks. So there's just a ton of stuff going on in there. Yeah, it was definitely one of those buildings that looked bigger from the inside somehow as we were snaking through and Absolutely. just seeing all the work they're doing there. We got to tour the whole complex and we got a personal tour from Skylar Belot, who is the deputy chief of the Division of Construction and Maintenance for MFD, and showed us all around, showed us you know in person. Uh, and, and what I what thought was really cool is we started in the kitchen. And that's like such an iconic like firehouse thing, right? Like the big communal kitchen with the recliners and, you know, the big tables. And we sat down and just kind of, you know, learned about the station. Yeah. And that's super fun. At some firehouses that I visited for stories over the years, I've been invited there at lunchtime so that I could have lunch with them, which has always been, I've always felt honored to be sort of like let into the club for, you know, a couple hours. I would be remiss if I did not shout out to, uh, we met an Urban Spelunking fan there, too, named yes. Gregory, who is the guy who does all the... He's a welder who does all the metal work there. And when we found this out, because he has, like, the coolest, like, 1984 boombox, like, yes. right off the cover of the first LL Cool J <laughs> album. And uh, and that's the boombox. He's probably listening to us. Shout him out right now. Yes, it was so cool to meet Gregory and to see his radio. That was, like, the first thing I noticed when we walked in. I'm like, who owns that boombox? That's, like, the coolest thing. You know we can't live without that radio. All right, we're going to get into the interview next on Urban Spelunking. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. Uh, they're looking for Skyler. Be like. 
We're escorted back into one of the maintenance areas. It's a huge workshop with tool chests and workbenches, tall ceilings, and one of every tool you can imagine. But it also boasts original industrial oh. character. Bobby found a staircase. This custom-designed, really narrow staircase will come up again later. Bobby found a newel post, right? <laughs> oh my god, you're hired. Nice. All right, thank you, sir. Yep, let's go. How are you doing, Bobby? Nice to meet you, Skylar. Morning, Nate. Nice to meet you, Skylar All right. Awesome. So this is the uh, universe that is the Moulin Fifer? Yeah. Can we go somewhere relatively close? First stop, the kitchen, the heart of the firehouse. We pass a stainless steel island and a commercial stove and sit down at a long wooden table that can seat probably 20. This is probably one of our older stations. This is engine, the station itself was built in 1900. Um, the shop was built in 1928. Um, station one on Broadway and Wells is our oldest. It's 150 years old now. So all the maintenance for all MFD happens here? Yep, everything's in-house for the Milwaukee Fire Department. Um, at times based on what the nature of the incident is we may contract out for some services it just sort of depends on on the nature of what that is so you know if we do major roof things you know, we'll contract out for those sure. um, yeah. but we, we try to do the regular general day-to-day -day stuff in-house yeah so how many properties are there that you guys have to manage and how many uh, vehicles um we have yeah we have uh, 40 or 41 buildings so there's 36 stations 29 of them are used for emergency response right now. Like here, we have Station 3 that used to be an operating firehouse. It's been absorbed by the shop for additional space. Um, and then over 200 total vehicles in the fleet. As far as heavy <clears throat> rigs and responses, we have currently 29 frontline engines, eight frontline trucks, two rescues, 12 med units, uh, six battalion chiefs and deputy chief on a daily basis, some other special units like dive team, heavy urban rescue. And then in addition to that, we have other spare apparatus so that if we do some maintenance or there's a breakdown, we can put them into another apparatus that's a little older but still functions. So um, we keep them in service as much as possible so that people can continue to respond. So. Yeah. yeah. You anticipated my next question, which was like, do you have backups, right? Because, yeah. I mean, obviously if an engine comes in and needs to be repaired, right. they can't just... Yep. And, and we'll do that a couple different ways. We have, um, if it's just a quick inspection or doing a, maybe an oil change, we'll put them in... Uh, essentially a, a suburban or something when they take their EMS equipment and they can still respond for EMS calls. Mm -hmm. um, if we believe there's going to be a longer time period to get the repair done, we'll have them change over into another fire engine or fire truck uh, based on whatever unit comes in so that they can get back in service after they swap out equipment. Yeah, excellent. Can okay. we look around? Yeah, so, around? so when this place is fully staffed, fully rocking, how many people work here? Um, it's about 20, 27, 29, I believe, something to that. Right Leaving there. the kitchen, we're back on the work floor to see employees in action. First thing I noticed was this boombox over here. That's a this cassette player. That's a classic. Well, you know, any proper <laughs> shop of sorts has all the oldest, coolest jams. I mean, the tape cassette work. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Man. I had to buy the new rubber band. So this is Gregory. He's our uh, hey, Gregory. welder, fabricator, um, metal gluer, fixer of all the things is one of them. So. Anything that we have wrong with rigs, whether, I mean, he can cut and make anything. So we have a lot of equipment around here. Some of it's older than all of us put together, but it still gets the job done. So Yeah, so this, I mean, obviously this isn't a fire station anymore, but like it still has all the bones from when it was an operational firehouse, which was up until right before I started in 2017. 2017. Yeah, okay. 
So it's most of the stuff's here. The pole's gone, which everyone always asks about. You can still see the hole where it once was, but you know. Where? You, if you go around the other side, you can oh, okay. see in the, in the ceiling. There was there was uh, several here. Yeah, they've been covered up. Been coming out of the door oh, when we get upstairs. Yeah. And show you. But first, yeah, first thing Bobby pointed out was the staircase. Mm -hmm. yeah. Pretty cool. Did, did cool. he tell you about the? You might be able to the, do uh, a better job the, with uh, that. The origins of the the stairwells and firehouses. No. They had horses, and you'd hook up. And the story is that the stairways are narrowed and curved and to keep the horses from going upstairs because they keep their feet or the hay in the back. Um, but to keep the horses down on the on the apparatus floor, they made a stairwell that they wouldn't be able to climb. So, that makes sense. But I can tell you that sometimes for firefighters, up and down the stairs that much in the middle of the night isn't exactly very exciting either. So, uh, that's why if you see a new firehouse built, they're rarely two stories. They're typically going to be a single story living space and, and the quarters and apparatus all on the, on the same ground level. It's, you know, over time, firefighter safety and station design, and you know that all evolves with uh, doing things a little more efficiently and better. So. And they didn't have to worry about horses at that point. Right. Why well, do I feel like one horse got like halfway up and was just right. like, like uh, I don't know what to do? <laughs> right. And then you got to figure out how to get the horse to walk down the stairs backwards, right? Right. Yeah. We head on up. I could see this being tough if you're a horse. Yeah. Like you said, this is uh, <laughs> fun in the middle of the night too, right? right? To the former locker room area. Lockers crafted of solid wood. Oh, cool. Yeah, this being an older station has some really cool architectural stuff, right? The locker rooms with the wood doors. and um, This is all original? Yep. Next, we head to the other building in the complex, where more crews are working on fire trucks. Three of them are hoisted up and crews working underneath. How do you really, like, I was going to say, like, how do you configure them <laughs> all is, like this? Every yeah. morning they have to start by unloading and reconfiguring and then yeah. finish the day putting it all back. So really like these are the things, well, the, the, what we talked about, you know, trying to get a new shop and being more efficient and having more space. If you could pull a rig in and it has its own bay to be worked on, it helps them get their space to store them safely, securely. There's room to work on them safely. Um, and you, have, you don't waste your time with the setup and shutting things down at the beginning and end of the day because you have to do a little Tetris to make it all work. So um, it's, it's a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle all the time. Well, Bobby, it's always so cool to go in person with you to these locations. Yeah, I mean, talk about a building. It's, it's right there. I had no idea what went on there. And I think probably for a lot of listeners, surprising that all of this maintenance is handled in-house. Yeah, and there was a time when the fire department, when that division even built fire trucks. I mean, wow. the, the last one was built there in the early 30s, but I mean, there was a, I mean, if you go to the fire historical museum on the South side, they have some vehicles that were built by that shop, which is pretty amazing. Well, if you want to see some pictures, make sure you head to On Milwaukee and see Bobby's complete story there. If you're not checking out Bobby's stories at On Milwaukee, you're really tisk, missing, tisk, tisk. yeah, you're missing all the photos, the history and the passion of Bobby Tanzillo. So go check it out. We've got a link right in the description box here at RadioMilwaukee.org and in the podcast player you're using right now. I know you've got a, you've got kind of a soft spot for for firehouses, right, in Milwaukee. I do. I love firehouses. It's like definitely a passion. You know, and I think it goes back to when I was growing up, um, if I may sort of go off yeah, the tangent here. Yeah. When I was growing up, I lived around the corner from a firehouse, and we had to walk past the firehouse to get to the main shopping street. We lived in a neighborhood that had, like, we were fortunate to have a main shopping street a block away that had everything you'd need. But we'd go by, and the firemen would always be sitting outside. they let us go in, sit in the truck. Like, and I just remember the smell of the hoses and the trucks and all that. And that's such a fond memory. And when I go into any like firehouse now, I smell the same thing, and I get that same vibe, and it's pretty awesome. 
There you go. Every building tells a story, right? I'm a kid again. Well, take a minute to rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. Um, five stars. We'd love five stars. But you if like you can... Gregory. Five stars. <laughs> yes, five stars. Um, or just leave a few words as well. We'd love to hear um, your feedback. Type it out. It's even better for us. So love to hear what you're thinking. And we've got a couple more of these on-sites coming. In fact, for the next, uh, we're going to take a break next week. But uh, the following two weeks after that, we're, we're, we've got a two-parter. Uh, back at Jones Island. Yes, and in one of them we're going 320 feet below Jones Island. Yes, we're going underneath Lake Michigan, which they pointed out to us when we were under there. They're like, this might trip you up a little bit, but we're we're 300 feet underneath Lake Michigan. We live to tell. <laughs> we live to tell, right? Yeah, and we're so, going to tell. <laughs> so that's coming up. We're, we're going um, right outside the uh, the pumping station, like underneath, right right next to the deep tunnel. Yeah. So right when, on the other side of the wall. Yeah. When we were down there, they're like, yeah, it's right, right there. And then we got to see these pumps. So we're going to take you underground. And then the following week, we're going to go um, to the uh, Melorganite plant. Yeah, and, we're going to go back up top. And uh, we're going to find out if it smells better inside the Melorganite plant or outside the Melorganite plant. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up in the next few weeks here on Urban Spelunking. Subscribe so you don't miss it. New episodes every Thursday from on Milwaukee and 88.9.